It's Dr. Peaky. Welcome to the Peaky Channel. Today, it's time to pique my interest. I'm a doctor of pharmacy and a board-certified pharmacotherapy specialist in the USA, which means I specialize in all things medications and treating disease. Calling all the women and men out there who can't poop as often as we want. Yes, it's true. Constipation tends to visit more often in the women's lane. Have you ever had that uncomfortable sleeping with a brick in your belly feeling? Yes. Well, you're not alone. I'm here to spill the beans on my journey with IBS Mixed, a little more IBS-C than IBS-D. Today, I'm dedicating my time to share my trials and tribulations with various IBS-C and D medications. Did they work? Are they worth a shot? I've got all the details, and this info isn't just for my fellow IBS constipation warriors. Everyone can benefit. I hope it's helpful to you, even if you don't have constipation from IBS, because some of these medications will still apply. I do have a hot tip for you guys at the end. You know I've always got something special. So stick around and make sure to tune in to which mystery drug that is. It's been a game changer for me. And hopefully it can be for you too. What? Oh, I heard you loud and clear. The mental agony of knowing that what goes in doesn't come out. The physical discomfort of feeling like your stomach is trying to escape your pants. It's enough to give anyone the shudders. This was what got me on a relentless quest to. Scouring every option out there. Even those not found in clinical guidelines. Now you might wonder, why go as far as venturing into non-IBS drugs? Well, here's the deal. Constipation is constipation, and diarrhea is diarrhea. The mysterious pathophysiology of IBS continues to puzzle us in the medical society. But guess what? Some folks have reported finding relief for these symptoms with non-IBS medications. It's just that not enough dots have been officially connected yet. And as desperate as I was with these disturbing feelings of constipation, I wasn't going to skip any chances. Just an FYI, as you listen on, that the drugs I'm about to discuss weren't all professionally recommended. Here we go. I'll cover which drugs I've tried in the order I tried them. Number one, peppermint capsules were newly recommended for IBS a couple years ago when mine sprouted. I tried them for two weeks and had to stop because it was causing me heartburn every day. Did I feel like it was helping my symptoms? No, but I only took it for what's considered a short time. If you've tried this and it worked, I'd love to know. Please comment or email me. Number two, in the early stages of my IBS journey, I started off with constipation, but then got diarrhea more often. So I was put on rifaximin or zefaxin for two weeks and that did seem to reduce my diarrhea episodes. Number three, it's normal to see IBS patients switch between the two. 
IBS constipation hit me and when it peaked its course for me, I couldn't take it anymore. So I went ahead and tried Bisicodal. This is also called Dulcolax in the USA. Works very well. It's a stimulant laxative, which means it's designed for people who need a push more than softening of the stools. It works way too well for me. So I always have excessive diarrhea breaks to the bathroom at least four or five times for each pill. Bisicodal usually makes you go in about six to eight hours, but that range can be a bit different for everyone. So keep that in mind. Number four, dicyclamine I had used on an as-needed basis for bloating and abdominal pain. There were times I felt like it was giving me an allergic reaction or I was experiencing side effects. So I stopped taking it and those symptoms never came back. Specifically, I felt lightheaded and jittery in a weird way. I also witnessed tiny bumps on my face that went away only with hydrocortisone. And I'd also see red flat spots all over my stomach. I tried having the doses and overall just felt like my IBS symptoms weren't getting any better. So I eventually stopped using this too. After trying it sporadically over a period of three months. Number five, psyllium fiber. I was religious about this for a month. It fell off my radar because I had to remember to mix it and drink a couple times a day. And I honestly didn't have the time and place for doing that at my last job. It takes a while to kick in and do its thing, but I did think my stools were softer. For me, harder stools wasn't the only problem. It was not being able to push it out. So I decided to step it up and go to number six, Amatiza. This drug's generic name is called Lubiprostone. It definitely worked, I'll tell you. It just worked too well <laughs> that it gave me diarrhea with every pill. Also, it was too expensive and my insurance didn't want to pay for it. So I tried number seven, Linzess Next. This drug's other name is Linaclotide. It also worked, but it came with severe, severe diarrhea too. When meds come in capsules, like this one, they're harder to adjust doses because you can't take part of a capsule, right? So I dropped my dose down and that didn't even work. I needed something in the middle that didn't exist. And so I turned to number eight, Senna, soon after. Senna, you'll see, is marketed as Senna-sides and there's lots of different brands out there. It's a popular drug for constipation in general and you can find them easily at most markets that house pharmacies. If I had to rank these drugs, Senna would be my number two. It makes me go in about eight hours and doesn't give me diarrhea. It can discolor your stools though, so don't be surprised if your poop is green. Number nine, prune juice. I tried this even though I found that Senna worked for me. I was curious to know how it works on me. 
It is a juice, so Liam was drinking it all over the place. As you know, he loves sweet things. Even though I told him this was my medicine, he still couldn't keep his hands off of it. He thought it tasted good, but I didn't. To me, it's a bad tasting grape juice. You can find it in most grocery stores in the bottled juice section typically. Anyway, be careful with this if you decide to try it. The serving size recommended is one cup, but that makes me explode after some stomach pain. So I recommend you to start with half a cup first, unless you want to go running to the bathroom four times the first day. Also, if you are wanting a bowel movement with it, try drinking it about four to six hours ahead of when you think it's safe to start going to the bathroom. Number 10, probiotics used to be considered in the guidelines. They're not anymore. I used to take them before my IBS and after my flares. I was just trying to go back to my usual vitamins and supplements. So I went back on them even though I was wary about them from the beginning. Always trust your gut feeling, they say, right? Well, I noticed that my constipation would get worse actually. So I now am completely off of them too. Thank you Costco for your awesome refund policy. I actually got to return the extra unopened bottle I had stocked up on months ago. Number 11. Drum roll everyone. I just went over the 10 different drugs I tried for my IBS diarrhea and constipation. And let me tell you, there's nothing that worked better than this drug. Well, in the USA, we categorize it as a vitamin and it's very affordable. The secret drug that's been helping me go every day is vitamin B12. Was I just deficient in vitamin B12 all along? Maybe, but unlikely because of the other clinical presentations I experienced. So I do still believe I did and have IBS. I did do a little dig on the relationship between IBS and vitamin B12 levels. What I found was that for B12 to be well absorbed in your body, whether you're getting it from foods or supplements, you need a healthy gut. I swear by it. Before my IBS symptoms even began, the only thing I was taking regularly was a multivitamin. I wasn't taking anything else. I didn't actually start B12 because of my constipation or diarrhea problems. I trembled upon it because Fatigue was a collateral obstacle. I would get tired more quickly during the day and I noticed a stark drop in my energy. While thinking about which supplements to take for energy boosts, the vitamin B group came to mind. I started off taking 10,000 micrograms every day. There was definitely an energetic bump to my baseline. Slowly, my constipation, bloating dissipated until recently I tried 5,000 micrograms every day and I still 
poop daily, guys. My bloating used to be visibly extensive. It's gone way down. Abdominal pain too. Before trying a high dose like I did, I encourage you to discuss this with your providers since it's way above the normal dose. You can even ask to check your vitamin B12 levels so that you'll know where you stand. Now, the only drugs I take are a multivitamin and a vitamin B12 5,000 micrograms daily and nothing else for my IBS. I've put away the 10 other drugs into my medicine cabinet for good. Okay guys, this is the third episode of my IBS series. Episodes 12, 14, and now 16 contain most, if not all, of the information you'll need as an IBS patient. I've covered how to diagnose each IBS subtype, which drugs are available, what lifestyle modifications are recommended, what can be done if you can't find the cause of your IBS, and today I covered what medications worked for me so far. The video version of this episode is also coming on my YouTube where I'll showcase the exact brands and strengths. So if you're curious what the medications look like and which manufacturer I took, watch out for that video. To give you contacts for my care, I've been seen by a gastroenterology clinic and my primary care clinic. Not all of the drugs I tried and talked about were recommended by them, so you'll see that some of these are IBS-specific drugs, but some aren't. Just keep that in mind. And you'll know which drugs are for IBS-C and or IBS-D if you listen to my episodes 12 and 14. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen. They're dedicated to drug and drug-free treatment of IBS for all subtypes. I also posted a video version for those of you who like videos for these things instead of just audio. Links will be in the description box. Check it out. Let me know if you have any questions. You can reach me via email or you can leave a comment on the YouTube video. I am looking to completely move over to YouTube soon, but don't worry if you want to re-listen to any of my podcast episodes. They're all on my YouTube channel after every episode. Please subscribe to me there at Dr. Peaky, D-R-P-E-K-E, no spaces. And if you find any of my content interesting, go ahead and let me know by clicking the thumbs up button. Talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.